You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 11th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Brandon Marcello, National College Football reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, I wish we had more fun things to talk about, but I think it's pretty clear the story of the week in college football has been the SEC's COVID issues and the games that have been forced to be postponed or maybe eventually canceled because of it. Alabama versus LSU will not happen. LSU has COVID issues. A&M versus Tennessee will not happen. A&M has COVID issues. Auburn versus Mississippi State was already off the books. Auburn, I saw on Tuesday, had something like 12 positive cases on its on its roster, uh, on, on its team. And then as we record, Brandon, you mentioned before we came on, it looks like some some issues could, could be happening in, in Missouri that would affect the Mizzou-Georgia game this week. And so all in all, not very good. It was already a light weekend. We do have the Masters, but I don't even think we're going to have a CBS uh, afternoon game. No, it doesn't look like it um, because of the contract issues there and there being a limited amount of uh, SEC games available that are already contractually obligated to be played on the ESPN and SEC network. So, yeah, um, this is something that, um, you know, listen, we all kind of expected to happen at some point this season. The issue is is this the beginning of you know of us heading down this stretch here the final month of the season where we're going to have two games and every conference being canceled or postponed and that could directly affect you know conference championship races and obviously um strength of schedule and that could play into the playoff committee's uh, rankings when they finally release those here in two weeks but um as it stands right now, you know, the one game in the SEC, it doesn't look like it's going to be played at all is LSU Alabama because LSU's already having to make up a game against Florida on December 12th. And um, so that can't be played then. And then the SEC championship game is December 19th. And it looks like at this point, Alabama is going to be in the SEC championship game. Um, what the SEC is uh, finally kind of relenting on and, and discussing is, allowing some games to potentially be played on December 19th while and before, I guess, the SEC championship game is played that night, much like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 is doing uh, this year. So it gives the SEC, you know, two weeks at the end of the season to make up games in addition to the bye weeks they had during the middle of the season. It's just the bad, the bad thing for the SEC is they didn't really have a lot of COVID issues during those bye weeks, and now they're having the COVID issues on the second half of the schedule when all those bye weeks are off the calendar, and there's really not a lot more room to kind of maneuver. 
So let's start with the why of why is this happening now? And look, COVID is really surging across the country, Brandon. Where I live in in Nashville, we had an increase of over 600 cases in the last day. Um, and then additionally, people are really pointing at Halloween parties across college campuses as being a catalyst for these outbreaks here. So, so that's the why. Like, I'm not really, I'm not throwing blame on anyone, but we've entered the point of the season too, where it's pretty clear, like who still has something to play for and who doesn't. So there's really no incentive. If you're on a losing team, if you're on an LSU to go through these, these protocols just to have the right to lose by 28 to Alabama. So all that's to say is I, as some people talk on Twitter about, Hey, let's bump everything back a month and play Alabama LSU in mid to late December and then have the conference championships New Year's day and have the national championship late January. I'm like, no, the, the, the teams who don't want to be playing the teams who have nothing to play for and have no reason to follow protocol protocol. Like, they're not going to hang on while we bump everything back. Like we just need to play the games we can play and try to get to the postseason. Yeah. And even for the teams that are going to be, you know, quote unquote playing for something, whether it's a bigger bowl or anything like that, I, I think you keep pushing this down the road and saying, Hey, let's delay the playoffs so we can say even make up eight games nationally. It's not worth it. It just isn't. And, uh, you know, listen, we came into this knowing we're in a pandemic I think it's 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 kind of crazy, you know. I was texting with a friend earlier today when this news was coming across, and uh, they uh, they host a radio show, and they're like, "We're getting a caller saying, I can't believe LSU's afraid to play Alabama, and this is really hurting us and everything." It's like, listen, man, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We should be happy we're having any football at all. You know, don't you remember what this was like just two months ago? Um, we knew this was going to happen at some point. We got kind of spoiled and, and a little bit of a safety net there where we weren't seeing a lot of cancellations. And now they've been building these last two to three weeks. And it's because, as you said, it certainly looks like as the cases are rising nationally, it's rising on these campuses. And, you know, you do have to wonder about some of these teams, whether they're just deciding not to follow protocols as closely as they, as they maybe should be because maybe they don't have as much to play for. And so they're not taking things as seriously as they should. Plus, I mean, let's just face the reality of it. These college football players are, you know, they're out and about They're college students. They live in the community. You know, they're, they're, they're high risk to catch this because they're just out and about so much. Whereas maybe some other college students who are doing remote learning or, you know, staying at home with their parents out of state or in the state and not having to, you know, go to workouts or even go to classes in some cases or go to dining halls and all that. So it's a much different situation um, for college athletes right now than it is for maybe even the general student population. And um, I think what you're going to see is um, all the way up till Thanksgiving, wondering you know if this is going to continue because remember this too a lot of schools are going to try to or at least they were i don't know what, how it's changed i guess i stopped following the academic part of it 
uh, once the season started. But remember when they were saying, hey, we're just going to not let the kids come back from Thanksgiving break on campus. We're just going to kind of end the semester and then move to or move to online only uh, uh, teaching at that moment. So they want to they won't leave campus for a week for their fall breaks and then come back for finals and everything and potentially have big outbreaks on these campuses. And so obviously the players won't do that because they're playing games right now. But um, certainly it's just, it's, it's bad timings. We're in the final month of the season. Things are starting to get ramped up in the SEC. But uh, like I said, this isn't completely unexpected. It's just that the timing sucks. I'm going to ask you a question about the SEC. As far as this goes, Let's say this is, I'm hoping this is the worst it gets as far as a whole weekend almost being wiped out. If this keeps happening, blah, 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 blah. Would you be okay with, you know, let's say Alabama plays two more games, Florida plays one more game, A&M plays one more game. Like what, I'm just throwing out numbers. Would you be okay with a conference still matching up Florida and Alabama in the SEC championship. Have we played enough games in the regular season where that feels legitimate to you? Yeah, um, I think so. Um, you know, I kind of thought going into the preseason that the idea was to try and play at least six games. And you're even seeing the Pac-12, that's their schedule right now, because history shows us you play six games in conference, six games in a season, you can feel pretty good about one maybe just naming a champion in your entire conference if you don't have divisions like the ACC this season or holding a, a championship game. I, I think a six-game minimum threshold and the SEC would do just fine. Um, I don't think we're going to get to that point um, because we're already pretty much at that point where a lot of teams have played five, six games. But I, I think that, you know, it, we, this would be a much different conversation if, say, we were talking about Oregon and USC, for example, in the Pac-12 having games canceled this week. We'd be like, I'd, I'd be telling you straight up, hey, they're not making the playoff. They're not going to be in the conversation because you know, they might play six games if they get to the championship game, but more than likely they might have another game canceled because of other issues on other campuses or even on their own campus. The SEC's obviously – you know, playing a longer schedule doesn't have as many issues with that. Um, so I think we've gotten to a point in the SEC where they can pretty much feel pretty comfortable as long as, like, they just don't cancel the rest of the season that uh, they're going to have a playoff team. Yeah, and I think – so the Big Ten, Ohio State's 3-0. and As far as this doomsday scenario goes, I'd like to see them get two to three more games in, as you said, to get to the, the six-game mark. I think the Big 12 could throw two, it's top two, I mean, do a coin flip, whatever, get someone to Arlington for its conference championship. The ACC looks like it's going to be Clemson versus Notre Dame. You talked about the Pac-12. We don't even know if they're going to be in the playoff regardless of if they play their full schedule. So it, it does feel like if this had all happened in September, it truly, it's, it's truly plausible that we would have said, oh, okay, this is just not, this is too much. But we have at least, Brandon, gotten to the point where we've, as you've said, we've played enough football here in most of the conferences to at the end of the day is to be able to crown a college football champion and to have a legitimate playoff where we hit, I say, okay, these are the four best teams in college football. Whatever has happened happened. It was a crappy year. We, the, what that, that all, that sucked, but here we go. We got, we got the, the sugar bowl. We got the Rose bowl. 
and then we got the the final in Miami. I think we're close to that point. As you like, if Doomsday struck now, and I I don't think it's going to. So that that's the good news to me is the timing because again, if this happened earlier, I don't know. I, I remember feeling a lot of anxiety in September. We were talking about this a while back. Like you'd get to the Friday in September, Brandon, and those games would just start start going off the board, and you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like I don't I don't know if this team's going to be playing until we wake up Saturday morning. Like you, there's just so much uncertainty. Now I, I think back then it was a much bigger deal when any game got postponed. Oh yeah, certainly, and we've kind of gotten used to you know, over these last several weeks of seeing two, three, four, five games postponed or canceled altogether uh, each week, but to see multiple games in a power five conference canceled or postponed in one week, we haven't seen that yet. And here we are with the sec. And I guess what really scares people is that we get all this news on a Tuesday. We still have Wednesday and Thursday and Friday to go through to potentially have other issues at other campuses. Um, but uh, I, I think, like you said, I think a lot of people just need to sit back and realize this This is a very strange year. This year sucks. <laughs> and we're going through a pandemic, which the country has not been through in more than 100 years. And we honestly are pretty lucky to have any sporting events of any sort, let alone amateur sporting events like college football. And uh, we better take what we can get and be happy with it because – uh, we very easily could not be playing football right now. Just look at the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. They were set to 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 not move forward at all just a short time ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Like we we could look at this schedule and say or the slate and be like, oh, it's it's really bad. There's only a few SEC teams playing. It's not a great weekend in the Big Twelve or the ACC. But you'd ask anyone in July, like, hey, would you be fine with a, a full slate of Big Ten football, Pac-12 football? That we'd say absolutely. So. Hopefully it's a blip. What's your read on though? Last question here. What's your read on the teams, the SEC teams with COVID issues right now? Haven't even mentioned Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has it. The SEC teams with the COVID issues that are prompting the postponements here. Is this a one week deal? Is this a two week deal? Are we going to start looking at, at the week 12 slate pretty soon and starting to get worried about that? Yeah, there should be some concern going into next week as well, because you're looking at 14 day quarantines for, contact tracing for players who maybe aren't even sick um, that might be might have been uh, you know uh, exposed to it and all I can keep thinking of you know it's just the way it is but you know the SEC has made such an effort to kind of push out there that coaches need to be wearing their mask at all times on the sidelines and so do players but it seems like as the season's gone along, players aren't wearing their mask on the sidelines, really, when they get off the field. And then you watch a video of, say, Sam Pittman this past weekend celebrating the locker room with his players like he should, but he's not wearing a mask. So, like, when should we not be wearing a mask and when should we? You know, you would figure the SEC be like, listen, you need to be wearing a mask when you're inside the facility because those are the rules and protocols at these places anyway. If you're inside the facility, you need to be wearing a mask. But when they're, when they're in these celebrations and these locker rooms, the coaches, and it's just, not just Sam Pittman, I'm seeing it across the country, they ta- they have their masks off and they're yelling and they're screaming to their players because they're excited. They're, they want everybody to hear them and to celebrate. And then, you know, the next day, Sam Pittman tests positive for COVID-19. And you just go, wow, man, 
you wonder how many people have been, uh, you know, uh, exposed to that, but you know, um, maybe that's something the sec needs to talk to their coaches about, because it's not just Sam Pivot. It's been everybody everywhere. It's just, we get into, you know, emotions carry us in a lot of part of our lives. And when you have a big win, coaches are addressing their team without their masks on. Um, they're not keeping it on. And, uh, you know, you might feel like you're healthy at that moment, but as we saw with Sam Pittman this weekend, the very next morning he's he's positive for COVID nineteen. So there's no, I haven't heard anything about contact tracing at Arkansas, but that was the first thing that popped in my mind was, I wonder how many people just Sam Pittman had been around, you know, without his mask on potentially because uh, I mean, obviously he's not wearing it at all times. Great point. People have to keep their guards up here, and I know a lot of a lot of folks will watch the TV and see someone with their mask on and say, "Come on, why does he have to do that?" Everyone on that sideline tested negative, but saw in Major League Baseball in Game Seven yeah. of the World Series, the the soft bubble was was infiltrated by COVID nineteen. So if, if it can happen there, and it's it's certainly been proven already to be happening on, on these football fields. Now I'm not saying the in game transmission, Brandon, but. Right. It stands to reason that there have been players out there who were positive for COVID and the test did not flag it. So, yeah, caution should be in abundance. The NFL is finding teams money in the in the case of the Raiders draft picks for not following yeah. the, the protocols there. College football. I know we're all talking. Yeah. Great point. We're talking about oh, the, the games that were canceled. But how can we prevent this going forward? use some diligence and, and some vigilance and, and wear those masks and, and get through this last month and a half. Cause we're almost there. We're almost there. It's been a, it's been yeah. a crummy year in so many ways, but it's been a, it's been a fun football season. It's been, I mean, I think this past weekend was the best one yet. Oh, Florida win. God, Notre Dame versus Clemson just felt such like such a classic. So you, you get that. And then you have three days later, we're, we're talking about what a, what a bad week of news. So it, it hits you fast, but that's, that's 2020. That's uh, it's that's just how it's going to be for the rest of the year. So anyway, Brandon Marcello, thank you for joining us today on the College Football Daily. Our producer is Tiny Levitt. I'm Trey Scott. We will keep everyone up to date on all of these storylines moving forward the rest of the week. Keep an eye on Georgia and Missouri. News could be you know on your Twitter feed as early as Wednesday morning as to what's happening with that game. But we're just recording a little bit ahead of that news drop. Talk to y'all next time. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.